cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Mata Figaro, co-founder and CEO of Can Powerment. Mata, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? So well, so well. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. So Mata, for our listeners that aren't familiar about you, can you give a little background about yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name is Mata Figaro. Like I said before, first generation. My family came here from Haiti. Uh, just so really lucky, honestly, to be here. I started a brand called Butter Cake back in 2015, and I was just slinging really good butter cakes. I'm a pastry chef by trade. Got to enjoy working for Whole Foods for a few years in management. So that was really fun. But then I just got tired of it. So I tried my own business making butter cakes. About a few months into doing that, a woman came up to me and she was like, hey, I got to go through chemo. Can you turn your cake into an edible for me? And I was like, hell no, because it's 2015. I'm not going to jail for your ass. Uh Uh-uh. There's just no way. She comes back a few months later and she's like, come on, butter cake. I really like, I think you should do this. You should do this. And she just really encouraged me. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll practice on you, but we got to keep this a secret. And then she didn't keep it a secret. She shared with all her friends. She shared with her family. And like, it kind of just took up and, and blew up from there. Was that your first experience dabbling between the intersection of cannabis infused cooking? For the public? Yeah. <laughs> and what about for yourself? No, I've been a little stoner probably since I was born. <laughs> and, it, and it was through cooking was how you consumed or was it through writing? Oh, I, so I was actually a smoker when I first started. I had herniated three discs in my lower back in my chef life. Yeah, and it sucked and it turned me into a vegetable for a few months. And I was just on the couch doing all kinds of opioids that doctors prescribed. And finally, my mom and, and a friend of mine were like, yo, we don't even recognize you. Your personality's gone. And when my mom disappeared, my friend was like, yo, try some, try some of these edibles, try some weed. And then that kind of just was like, all right. But I never thought it was going to be a business. I never thought it was going to lead me here. For new consumers that are trying to get interested, but are petrified of, let's say, the infused coursing, how how do new consumers can feel comfortable kind of adapting the new space? I would say do your research. Make sure you like talk to your chef beforehand if you have access to that person. Always start low and slow. I don't care how good it tastes. Have some (laughs) self-control. Take a little bite. Wait 20 minutes, see how you feel and take it from there. So I know Butter Cake's one of the brands underneath the umbrella. What else is the primary goal of Camp Powerment? Honestly, we are looking for underrepresented individuals. We're looking for the little guys, you know, the MSOs. They could do the cookies and all that good stuff. But we are really just looking to empower people that thought that they couldn't do what I'm doing right now and people that don't have two and a half million dollars to get a license. You know, we really want to just lower the barriers of entry so we can make some field gummies or some Kellen cakes, whatever. I like it. I know one of your missions is diversify the products on a retail shelf. Can you kind of expand on that? Yeah, I pulled up to California, Palm Springs, which I should have assumed wasn't going to be the most (laughs) most diverse place. But I shot my shot, you know, and I asked, I said, hey, which one of these brands is women made? No answer. Okay, fine. Which one of these is black owned? No answer. And I was like, damn, if I'm going to be a manufacturer, I need to make sure that every single dispensary can at least answer that question for somebody that walks into the store. So a question for you is, I've heard you say, I'm going to put my mask on first and then help the others around me. Why? 
So when I say my mask on first, I'm talking about butter cake. You know, I started that it's completely legacy operation and not for nothing. Being a legacy operator is hard as fuck. You cannot walk into a bank right now with a duffel bag of $200,000 of cash saying, okay, I, I want to buy a house now. I want to buy a car now. Like life right now, the way it is, is not what it used to be for, for legacy operators back in the day. And so for me, it really just means like, let me put the framework together to figure out how regular everyday people could get involved in this industry. And once I do that, I'm just going to pass it on, pass it out, give it out. I'm, I'm not interested in gatekeeping. I'm not interested in making people pay uh, me for, for, you know, templates and guidelines and stuff like that. I really just want to make it as easy and equitable as possible for whoever wants to be involved to get involved. Stoners make great blood donors, true or false? Hell yeah, that's true. Very true. Why? So there, for some reason, there's like this stigma out there that if you are a cannabis consumer, stoner, weed-friendly person, that you cannot donate blood. And that's actually not true at all. With COVID being here, we're actually finding ourselves um, in the United States in the first blood crisis ever. We lost a lot of people um, clearly to COVID. And then with putting all of us inside and having a shutdown and being so virtual, it's hard for blood banks and for hospitals, the American Red Cross, places like that to really tap into people and start getting more blood. So now more people are sick, less people are donating. We have a massive shortage. And this is a huge opportunity for the cannabis industry to get in and get into donating because, you know, we're, we're fucking great people as stoners. Why not? Mate, if you were to start over or start a competitor, which part of your business would be most difficult for you to replicate? To be honest, I recently thought about creating another brand and I haven't actually pulled the trigger on that because I'm realizing how hard it is to actually start a brand. Butter cake was something I think I got lucky with. I was already making butter cakes, butter cake. The name just fell into my lap. It, it all worked. Um, I don't know if I could recreate that magic twice. What is one product request that you get a lot, but you'll never build? Oh my God. Like these designer bong cakes or something. I'm not a cake decorator by any means. There's like this trend going on where people are decorating cakes and physically turning them into bongs so you could smoke your birthday cake. Please don't hit me up for that because I'm never doing it. What is one factor statistic operating in the cannabis industry that would shock other individuals? I don't think I know. I don't think I know a stat that would be shocking to the industry because I feel like this industry is so new. Everything that we're doing is either so shockingly good or so shockingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's the future roadmap? Future roadmap. Ah, oh, man. I'm hoping for interstate commerce. Near term, interstate commerce would be awesome, especially on the East Coast. We see California and Washington figured it out. So it would be awesome to see, you know, tri-state, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Let's throw Connecticut in there as well. They're coming online. If we could get some interstate commerce, that would be sick. And that would set us up for an even better future when federal comes. 20 years from now, we will look back and say, that was barbaric. I can't believe we did that in the cannabis industry. What is that? 20 years from now, I'm going to be like, I can't believe I paid a municipality $20,000 for a non-refundable application fee for me to even operate there. That's crazy. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? Listen to yourself first. Listen to yourself first. I feel like if I had listened 
to the people that are the most important in my life, I would have went to college. I would have got a four-year degree. I'd be sitting behind a desk working some nine-to-five corporate job that I freaking hate. But I never listened to them. I didn't listen to them when they told me weed wasn't an option. I didn't listen to them when they told me culinary wasn't a career. And I damn sure didn't listen to them when they told me butter cake was the stupidest name they ever heard. So... If I could tell anybody any kind of advice, listen to yourself. Prediction time. Mata, what else can be done to help legacy operators feel comfortable converting to the legal market? The thing that could be done is that we need our law enforcement to stop threatening us. That's really what it is. Like the only reason why I felt comfortable putting my face and my name and my, you know, identity out there was because my law team and advisors, they promised me that they had my back. But outside of me trusting them, I would have never done it. So Martha, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to learn more, and they want to buy butter cake products, where can they find you? Oh man, I'm all over the internet. Instagram, Twitter, butter cake. It's B-U-T-A cake. We're on buttercake.shop for the legacy stuff, buttercakewellness.com for the legal stuff. You can always Google me, Mata Figaro. I'm everywhere. We'll link it up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. Awesome. Thank you. Guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.